You are listening to the Kensington Church Podcast, recorded live in Michigan. To learn more about Kensington, visit kensingtonchurch.org. Good morning, Kensington. How are you today? Come on, make some joyful noise. Come on, how are you? Anybody ready to praise the Lord with us? Come on, stand to your feet and let's do it together. Don't be afraid to clap. Oh, come, all ye faithful, come joyful, come praising. Jesus is born in Bethlehem.
invite you to continue to stand with us. We want to show a little bit of love this morning. Is that okay? So we want to have a little meet and greet. Go ahead and find someone you didn't come with near you and show a little bit of love this morning. and stockings and adorning many of these decorations or the trim of our homes are strings of light. Lights that illuminate beauty, pierce the night sky and bring us a sense of joy and comfort. And on a night 2,000 years ago, light broke through the darkness. A baby born in a manger transformed all of humanity with his light and love. This year for Christmas, we are focusing on the light of Christ. The baby born in a manger illuminated who God is to all of creation. And because of his light, we can see. So come experience the light of Jesus this Christmas at Kensington. And who do you know that needs to hear about the light Jesus brings? Are there people in your life that could use some hope and joy right now? Your invitation could be what they are looking for and could be the start of their own journey with Jesus. So. Be sure to invite your family, friends, neighbors, coworkers as we celebrate the light of the world together. You don't want to miss it. Happy Sunday, everybody. You guys doing okay today? Fantastic. Hey, if we haven't met, my name is Andrew, and I'm one of the pastors at this campus. I want to welcome all of you, whether you're here in person or whether you are joining us via stream. And it's crazy to think that Christmas is just less than actually two weeks away. And how many of you are ready for Christmas to come? Awesome. A lot of us. And I'm assuming the rest of you, the reason why one of the reasons may not be is because you haven't done your Christmas shopping yet, if you're probably like me. But yet it's just a few short weeks away. And what that also means is that our Christmas services are just a few short weeks away. And so we want to invite you to come back for those, whether you're going to be here in person or whether you're going to be joining us via stream. And if you are planning to be here in person, we want to ask, go to our app, go to our website and grab your free tickets today because they are going fast especially for those 20, the two services that are on December 23rd. And so we have two services on the 23rd, four on the 24th. And so we would love for you to be a part and experience any one of those. And as Shauna mentioned, one of the things that we want to challenge all of us to do is to invite somebody to come with us, invite somebody to watch with us, invite somebody to be in person with us. And so for really for us to be thinking about that, And to help us with that, when we leave, our ushers are going to be handing out these invites. And so we'd love for you, whether it's one or a handful, to take a couple and to you can give it to your neighbor. We can give it to our neighbors, our coworkers, family, friends, whoever it may be. And we'd love for you and all of us to be able to come with somebody else and to experience our Christmas services with others as well. And speaking of Christmas, something else that we want to celebrate is our K-Friends Christmas party that happened last weekend. And if you're not familiar with what K-Friends is, it's our special needs community here at Kensington. And it is one of the most amazing and joy-filled communities. And so at this Christmas party, we had karaoke, we had dancing, we had a photo booth, we had crafts, we had an amazing meal. We had Santa come as well, because what is Christmas without Santa? And of course, we talked about the Christmas story as well. And I had the privilege for the second year as well to also dress up as an elf. And so 
All of that was really, really fun. And so I want to say thank you to all of our K-Friends families, to Julie Fry, as well as Ross Burns, who has led this community so well over the years. And so thank you all so much. And today we're in the third week of our Advent series. And thus far we have talked about hope, we have talked about peace, and today we are going to be talking about something that I feel like so many of us need in this season right now, and that is joy. And the person who's going to be leading us is Nate Marielke, who is our worship and arts director, as well as one of our teaching pastors. So Nate, I want to invite you up. Can we give him a huge hand, everyone, as he comes up? And one of the things about Nate, even I was having a conversation with someone out in the uh, lobby in between services, and just by a quick show of hands, how many of you experienced this past Wednesday's Christmas midweek? Anyone? Okay, exactly. That's the response. And so if you enjoyed it, or if, and if you weren't able to experience it, I want to invite you, you can go back and you can watch it as well. It was because of this man that that evening happened. And it's one of my favorite midweeks, and you have brought such an incredible uh, joy, as well as just such a passion for God and people. And so I really appreciate you. And so we wanted to pray for you today. But something else that we wanted to pray for is that if you've watched the news in the past few days, you understand what has, been, what has happened in our country, Friday night as well as Saturday with the tornadoes that have ravaged a number of the states. And I believe the death toll is almost reaching 100. There are even more people who are injured, communities that have been devastated. And because of your generosity, one of the things that we are able to do as a community is that when these situations arise, that we are able to enter in and to prov provide relief as well. And so we have some partners in one of those states who we are in communication with, working with to really be able to see how can we actually step in and to be um, and to serve and to really help those who are hurting. And so we want to invite you. Those conversations are ongoing. And so we'll provide updates through especially our social media channel and our that platform if you are interested in jumping in as well. But at this time, we wanted to pray. So if you would bow with me, bow, bow your heads with me. Lord, we thank you, God. We thank you, Lord, that as a community that when these situations arise, Lord, that we are able to step in. But we recognize, God, that right now, all across this country, there are people who are hurting, especially in these six states, Lord, people who have lost loved ones, people who are injured, Lord, and communities that are just deeply hurting and experiencing great sorrow and grief. And we thank you, Lord, that when your people are hurting, that you are present with us, Lord, that you mourn with us, that you grieve with us, that your heart is broken with us, God. And I thank you, Lord, that you are with your people, Lord, right now as well. But we also pray, Lord, that you would bring others around these communities to help them as they recover, Lord, as they process, Lord, as they heal, Lord, that you would bring your restoration as only you can. And also show us as a community how you want us to step in in the coming days and in the coming weeks as well. But Lord, we also wanna thank you for Nate and his family, Lord. They are a gift to our community. Thank you, Lord, for bringing them to Kensington, to this campus specifically, God. Thank you, Lord, also for the message that you've given this man, Lord. And also, not just that he is talking about joy today, but when I look at his life, he is also somebody who exudes it, Lord, and lives it out. And so I'm grateful for him. Speak through him to us as your people in just a powerful way today. And we pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Well, hello, church family and those online. Today we are continuing our series on Advent. 
And I didn't grow up in a church tradition where we actually celebrated Advent. Many of you did and some of you didn't. But the word Advent, just to remind you, simply means arrival. It's the, we're celebrating the arrival of Jesus, breaking in with his hope, with his peace. And today we're gonna talk about joy. And one of the things I love about this is that churches all over the world are doing this today. So there are churches in Africa and in South America and Australia and Canada that, that are doing the same thing. So we get to stand in solidarity with them. And today we have the Myung family who's gonna lead us in this week's reading and light the candle. So go ahead, guys. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Yeah. 
One more time, would you pray with me? Oh, the words of that song, we feel that today. Would you come? Lord, come into our world that is so often filled with sadness, with loss and sorrow. Would you come? God, that's our heart today. We, we ask that you would come and, and be near. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We don't have to ask for you to come because you're here, but help us be aware of the fact that you are here today. And that you would open our hearts and open our eyes to your kingdom. You'd open our hearts and open our eyes to who you are and what you wanna do in our lives. We love you and may you receive all the glory and honor in your precious name we pray, amen, amen. Hey, can we thank these guys one more time? I so appreciate, I so appreciate this, this amazing team that I get to work with and I so appreciate them. And I also wanna say, I haven't been in front of you on a weekend in this context. So I just wanna say thank you to, to those of you who've, who've so welcomed us into your community. My family and I are, are so pleased to be here and we love being among you and being with you in this time. So thank you so much for welcoming us. A few years ago, I was living in Germany. It was a part of Germany that was the former east side of the nation. Until 1989, the country of Germany was basically split in half, west and east. And on the east side of the country, there was difficult economic times, there was difficult um, social times. And in those cities in the east, some of them had fallen into disrepair. So when the wall came down in 1989, some of the Western money started to filter into the larger cities, but it didn't quite filter down to the smaller cities and smaller villages in 1999 when I was there. And I was walking through one of these cities and it was Christmas time. And another interesting thing about these cities is they were run on coal. And when the coal burned, the soot would come down and basically just cover the city so that it was dark and it was black. And at wintertime, when the green leaves went away and the green grass went away and the blue skies went away, because it's a lot like Michigan, we get gray skies 390 days a year. <laughs> Thank God for the sun this morning. But I was walking through this particular town in East Germany in 1999, it's Christmas, the skies are gray, the streets are black with soot, the buildings are in disrepair, and all of a sudden, over the city's loudspeakers, they begin to play Christmas carols. And it was such a transcendent moment for me because here I am in a place of bleakness, in a place of darkness, and here comes the hope of Christmas. And I realized this is what Advent is. This is Jesus coming, arriving into a bleak landscape, into sorrow, into sadness. Think about the songs that we sing this time of year, like one of my favorites, Oh Holy Night. Think about those lyrics that you're gonna hear on 100.3 30 times today as you're driving around. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. Another favorite of mine, which is lesser known is in the bleak midwinter, the lyrics go like this. In the bleak midwinter, frosty wind made moan. Earth stood hard as iron, water like a stone. The poets, the songwriters, they, they all pick up this idea that life before Jesus was bleak, it was dark, it was sad. But into this world comes the Messiah. And when he comes, he brings hope, he brings peace, and he brings joy. 
And today, I actually wanna talk about joy. I don't know about you, but I could sure use a long, big drink of joy in the day that we're living in. We need joy. In fact, about 700 years before Jesus even steps on the scene, there's a prophet named Isaiah, and he would write things about when Jesus would come hundreds of years before he even came. And this is such a beautiful poetic thing that he writes in chapter Isaiah, I mean, sorry, chapter 35 of Isaiah. And he says this, he says, the desert and the parched land will be glad and the wilderness will rejoice and blossom like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. Remember Isaiah's talking specifically about when Jesus was to come to the earth. And he goes on to say this, say to those who have fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come, he will come with vengeance, with divine retribution, he will come and save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. And then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue will shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. And to wrap it all up, Isaiah puts this promise at the end of that passage. It says, and those that the Lord has rescued will return and they will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them and sorrow and sighing will flee away. And for hundreds of years, people read this passage waiting for Messiah. Can you imagine the anticip anticipation as generation after generation reads these words and anticipates the coming of Messiah? This morning, uh, my son came early with me, my son Elijah, who's here in the room, he came early with me and he loves to get up early and, and join me and maybe some things I'm doing. And so last night at dinner, I said, hey, Eli, do you wanna get up and you wanna come with me as we do sound check and get there early? He said, absolutely, dad. He just said, don't leave without me. I really, I really wanna go. And so I'm like, yeah, absolutely, bud, we're gonna do that. So at 2.30 this morning, my wife, my wife shakes me and says, there's someone on the stairway walking around. I'm like, oh my goodness, so I jump up and it is my son Elijah, fully clothed with his shoes on, ready to walk out the door and it is 2.30 this morning. <laughs> he was anticipating so much coming with me that he got up early, really early to be there. Now I know this is the second service, so some of you were still awake at 2.30, you were just getting to bed around 2.30 this morning. But you know, here's the thing, we're gonna talk about joy today. And here's an honest moment. I'm not always good at joy. I'm just not always good at joy. I'm, I'm an artist, so I, I kind of bend towards sometimes the more melancholy, and I'm not always good at joy. So this is not gonna be a message like, you know what, you guys need to go out and get more joy. You need to figure it out. We just need more joy. No, I wanna tell you today, I wanna tell you this morning that joy is not something that we can conjure up. It's not something that we can just kind of buy and add to our lives. It, joy is a gift. Joy is something that is always imparted by Jesus. We can't make it happen on our own. In fact, in the Psalms, uh, Psalm 51, the psalmist writes a guy named David who at that time his life was falling apart. He had made some awful mistakes and his life is literally falling apart and he writes this prayer to God and, and in the prayer he says to, to God, he says, create in me a clean heart. He says, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. And he says, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. 
See, even David, this guy who writes this knows, I can't conjure this up in myself. I need joy from a different source. I need you, God, to give me joy. So this is imparted as a gift. So guys, here's, here's what I would love to happen today. I want us to walk out of this room today convinced of these things, convinced that Jesus brings joy, that Jesus is joy, that we can receive this joy and we can give this joy away. See, the gift of joy, remember, it's a gift. I don't believe it's anything we can conjure up. The gift of joy is all wrapped up in the person of Jesus Christ. When we see him, when we perceive him, when we really get a revelation of who Jesus is, joy is brought to our lives. Joy bursts out of our lives, and he comes breaking in, even into our sorrow. When, now, do we actually see Christ as a joyful person? You know, I think a lot of times we, in the West, we see Jesus as a stoic person. We see him as a kind person. We might see him as a majestic person, a powerful person, maybe even a loving person, a shepherd. But do we see Jesus as essentially a joyful person? I wanna tell you today, he is. In fact, one author I was listening to recently says, I don't believe God walks anywhere he goes. I believe he leaps and he skips and he jumps with joy. Is that how you see God this morning? I believe that Jesus would love to give us the gift this morning of even our perception of God changing. He is essentially joyful. And in fact, the moment he comes on the scene during the Christmas story, the moment he arrives, he's already bringing joy before he's even born. There's this really interesting story how when Mary was pregnant with Jesus, she visits one of her relatives named Elizabeth. Elizabeth is also pregnant at the same time. And, and this is what happened. As soon as, as soon as Mary, pregnant with Jesus, walks into Elizabeth's house, this is what happens, it's recorded in the book of Luke, it says this, as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. So even before he's born, when, wherever the presence of Jesus is, he's bringing joy. Later, in life, we see Jesus full of joy. In fact, he's got his 12 guys, he's got his disciples, and he's got a, a bigger group of, of men and women that he's pouring into, and he sends them out. He sends them out into the world to, to share the gospel, to heal the sick, to, to love on people, and says, hey, go out for a little while, then come back and tell me how it went. So these guys and, and some of the, these men and women, they go out and they come back and they say, Jesus, it worked, it was amazing. We went out there and we were actually able to heal the sick. We were actually able to cast out devils and we were able to bring the gospel, it really worked. And this is Jesus's response to that. He says this in Luke chapter 10, verse 21. He said, at that time, Jesus, look at this, full of joy through the Holy Spirit said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. So we see Jesus is, is filled with joy. We see him as an essentially joyful person. And it's amazing to me what brings him joy. He's filled with joy at this reality that the kingdom isn't just for the PhDs and the religious elite of this world, it's for everybody. Isn't that the, the announcement that happened on the night of his birth when the angel comes down and he's, 
the angels appear before the shepherd and what what does the angel say? I behold, I bring you great tidings, great tidings, good tidings of great joy. As soon as he arrives, there's joy. Jesus is a joyful person. I think about the wise men, they're a staple in every Christmas story. They, they travel from a long way away and this is what it says about them. It says, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Now we don't know a whole lot about the wise men. They were kind of mysterious figures, but we do know that they were educated. We know that they were likely wealthy. We know that they had a place of status in their empire. We know that they were spiritual, that they were religious. They, they really had it all. They had everything that society might look and say, you know, if you have these things, you'll be happy. And yet they weren't happy. They weren't content to just stay comfortable in their, in their wealth. They weren't, weren't, they weren't happy to just stay comfortable in their place where they lived, but they actually took a long and treacherous journey to find another source of joy. And when they saw him, when they saw Jesus, they were filled with joy. So I think sometimes in the West, we're tempted to believe that somehow we can buy joy or we can have experiences that will bring us joy. You know, we can buy the SUV and when we buy that SUV that's driving through the mountains, we're gonna feel that freedom, just like, just like I'm seeing on the commercial. You know, if we go on the vacation, we're gonna find that joy. But here's the reality. The SUV breaks down, the vacation ends. One time a friend of mine was giving me a ride somewhere and she had bought a brand new Volkswagen. Sorry, I know it's Detroit. It wasn't, it wasn't part of the big three. I apologize, it was a Volkswagen. She bought a brand new Volkswagen and I got in the car and I sat down and said, wow, look at this new car, this is so great. And what do you think she said? She said, I love this car, it still has the new car smell, right? But the new car smell fades away because all those French fries drop down in crevices you can't get to. But the new car smell fades away, the vacation ends and we still feel like there's a lack of joy. But when we see Christ, we see the world differently. When we see Christ, we can filter everything we see through his joy. You know, I have to believe that when the wise men, when they made that treacherous journey, it was a hard journey. They went through desert land, they went through tough times, and they went through a desert that may have looked a little bit like this. They went through this hardship and they, they finally get to Christ and they're overjoyed But now I have to believe they have a new perspective. They have a different perspective. Now that they've seen Christ, now that they have experienced him, now that they've encountered him, in my mind, I think, you know what? I bet the journey home was different. I bet they were able to see their circumstances in a different way. They were able to see their surroundings in a different way because they had experienced true joy. Maybe even the words of Isaiah that we just read, maybe those rang through their hearts as they were driving their camels back through the desert and they remembered this promise that the desert and the parched land will be glad, the wilderness will rejoice and blossom like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. So now it's not just a difficult, dry, desolate land. Now maybe they're looking at their surroundings, their circumstances, and they're seeing hope for a brighter future. Now here, this next picture is, is the same exact desert 
but during the rainy season when the sun comes. Maybe, just maybe, that's what the wise men saw at least in their mind's eye because their perspective has changed. And when the wise men found the joy that they were desiring, what did they bring? They brought gifts, frankincense, gold, and myrrh. Because when we receive joy, it causes us to be generous. In fact, I wanna say this, I know we're having some, some supply and demand issues right now, some supply chains are broken down, but joy, the gift of joy is an endless supply. There's no supply chain issues here. Let, let, this, let, this word, let this word from Psalm speak over us today. It says this, he says, you make known to me the path of life in your presence. There is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Look at that language, forever. There's no, there is an endless supply of joy. Jesus said that as we receive him and the spirit of God fills us, that there is like a spring that never ends. It's always welling up. There's always joy in Christ. And when we realize that there's an endless supply of something, it's easy to be generous. In fact, right now, this is a great spot to receive our offering. You know, you know when we receive joy, it's, it's actually an outflow and an outworking of joy to be generous. So part of what we do here at Kensington, part of our worship is the giving of, of offerings. And you guys know this, there's several ways that you can give. There's, you can, can text to give, there's the app that you can give on. Uh, my wife and I like to just go to the website and give there. If you have your offering in hand and you wanna deposit it here, there are some box, you can do that. You can also uh, mail in your, your offering. And it's always such an amazing thing to stand back and see a generous community. And I'm so glad to be a part of it. Thank you guys for your generosity. But when there's an endless supply of something, it's, it's actually easy to be generous. So my kids, because we have young children and maybe some of you don't have children, but you have nieces and nephews or young children in your life. If you have young children in your life, you will eventually find yourself in the drive-through line to get dinner or lunch. And my, my kids started taking up this habit. They, they one day just got in their mind like, hey, God, hey, mom and dad, let's pay for the person behind us. We're like, oh, that is so generous of you guys. Wow, how sweet. Yeah, okay, let's do that. And then for a while, every single time we pulled through any drive, let's pay for the, wow, okay, guys, you guys are so generous. All of a sudden it dawned on me, wait a minute, it's easy for them to be generous, it's not their money. But when you know that there's an endless supply of something, it's so easy to be generous. In fact, we were coming home uh, from down south just a few weeks ago from, from being away for Thanksgiving and we, we pulled into the Southern Baptist chicken place called Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Some of you are like, you have no idea what I just said, Southern Baptist, don't, it's a bad joke, just not even worry about it. But we pull into Chick-fil-A and it's one of those drive-throughs where they have the, the two side by side, you know, then you're supposed to merge and it's all, it all works somehow. And we pull in and there's an SUV beside us and my kids say, hey, we should pay for their meal. And like, oh, okay, oh, you know what, guys, we're in a hurry and, uh, but okay, yeah, we'll, we'll do it. Well, anyway, that SUV ended up in front of us. So we were unable to pay for their meal and they were sitting there for a very long time. And I'm, kid I'm not kidding you, like, like seven minutes passed by and I'm like, okay, this is long. And so I rolled down my window in time for the lady at the other end speaking through the loudspeaker, okay, your total will be $136.80. <laughs> I 
And I was like, wow, we really dodged that one. But generosity is natural when we know that there is an endless supply. Listen, in Christ, we have been given this gift of joy and it is not, it is not finite, it is infinite. The joy of Jesus is infinite and so we become generous. In fact, when we, when we become generous, in fact, sometimes when I'm just down and sad and maybe a little depressed, maybe a little too focused on myself, sometimes I'll just give something away and it releases joy in my life. So this is a cyclical thing. Joy releases generosity and generosity releases joy. I really love how how Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. put it. He said this, he said, those who are not looking for happiness are the most likely to find it because those who are searching forget that the surest way to be happy is to seek happiness for others. And there's so many ways to give. There's so many ways to be generous. The giving of our finances is one way. The giving of our time is another way. In fact, I love how recently um, our teaching pastor, Andrew, gave. In fact, he mentioned it earlier. There was an elf sighting at our K Friends uh, party just a few weeks ago, or actually just a few days ago. And listen, it's very rare to get a photo Okay, but I've got a photo and I want you guys to enjoy this photo of this elf sighting that we saw just a few days ago. (laughs) But this is Andrew. How many guys think he should uh, preach in that for our Christmas services? I I think he should. You know, the the last audience thought so too. So Andrew, you're stuck now, man. Wherever you are, you gotta wear that. But there's lots of ways to give joy, being with people, showing up in their lives and, and with our time. But lastly, I wanna bring up this reality, that the gift of joy is a promise of something better in the future. Some of us are gonna sit around our Christmas trees in a few weeks, many of us will, and we're not gonna receive a package to open, we're gonna receive an envelope, and inside that envelope might be a gift certificate. Now, all the gift certificate is is a promise of something else in the future. And that's how we as, as followers of Jesus can have joy in the midst of such hard circumstances. Let's be real. There's a lot of sorrow that is facing our world right now. The things that even just 10 days ago rocked our community. I, I know that it sent many of us into a tailspin. I know that it sent many of us into sorrowful places, but here's what Jesus, the gift that Jesus would give us. He, He tells us to take the long view because the gift of joy is a promise of something better in the future. This is what the prophet Isaiah prophesied. Once again, I'll read it. Gladness and joy will overtake them and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Guys, there's been a lot of sorrow and sighing lately. There's been a lot of sorrow and sighing. But here's what we need, to, we need to know. Here's what we need to understand today, that Jesus Christ will make all things new. That Jesus Christ broke into a dark environment, to a dark world, and he brought his joy, and he will do it again. In fact, scripture says that he will wipe away every tear from our eyes, and that he will make all things new. And if we can ca- capture the long view If we can see the long view, see the end game of what God is doing in the world, we can actually have joy in the most difficult and heartbreaking of circumstances. 
one of my favorite books to read. I read it every other year. I, I read through the whole series, and that's the Lord of the Rings series. Do I have any other LOTR nerds out there? A couple of us. All right, I see that hand, brother. Cool. Very cool. But this is the Lord of the Rings. Maybe you saw the, the films, but there's a character in the story that I just love. His name is Samwise Gamgee. And Samwise is on a quest to try to save the world from certain doom. And he gets to the very end and he thinks he's failed. He thinks the world is over. He thinks it's all gone. And he ends up getting knocked unconscious. While he's unconscious, he's picked up and rescued and he's moved to a place of safety. And when he wakes up, he realizes that not all has been lost. He realizes that everything actually worked, the plan worked, and the world has been saved. And this is what he says. He says, Gandalf, I thought you were dead, but then I thought I were dead. I was dead. Is everything sad going to come on true? And here's the answer. The Bible says yes. Scripture says yes. Jesus says yes. Everything's sad is going to come on true. He will wipe every tear from our eyes. In fact, Jesus himself focuses on the future to get himself through the temporary and painful affliction of the cross. Let's look at this last scripture together. In Hebrews chapter 12, it says this, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Look at this phrase, for the joy set before him he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. In other words, Jesus, as he was suffering, one of the most painful things that a human being can go through, the most difficult moment of his life, he takes the long view for the joy set before him. He's able to see joy in the future. He's able to see joy on the other side. Let me ask you, can you see joy today? Do you see a glorious future? Do you see a joy-filled future? I believe that this is a gift that God could give us today. And you know what? We see Jesus breaking through into dark places with his joy all over the world today. My wife and I have both had the privilege of serving in foreign missions, my wife in Southeast Asia and Thailand for three years, myself in Germany, as I mentioned at the beginning. And, and as we've compared notes over the years, as we've shared different stories, it's the same. We see the light and the love and the joy of Jesus breaking into very, very dark, hopeless situations. You know, that's awesome because we actually, as a church, we, we are connected to lots of global partners all over the world. And one of those global partners is in Kenya where, where we're literally seeing the joy of Jesus unfold in people's lives. Just recently, uh, Craig McGlasson, who is a pastor over at our Orion campus, was able to visit one of our partners there. And you're gonna see this beautiful story of how the joy of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus, brought light and life and joy into many villages and individuals in Kenya. Check out this video. Tamu 
kayie jamu ndi nyaku ngota toro ntomu ngapiki ngotu sia ta nyuci kuwetei kungundei rusuran ku kuwetei ti sia te na lenyoni mpaka kayie jamu ndi yo ade karibu mut awada ngomonejae sapak pana <hesitation> bakamana kapsa tomu yai ngengke tomu wo This fellowship just started recently, some few months, and so we we are just grateful that the fellowships within the families has now joined together to open a church. How has the just the surrounding community responded? Have they been supportive of it? Yeah, we first before we they did not responded well before the beginning. They're like women when they receive Jesus Christ and the husbands and have not received the. Uh, they are beaten because of their faith. Yeah, you said there was a group that was beaten recently on the way to a seminar? Yeah, yeah, oh. they were beaten because uh, of the faith that they have in Christ Jesus. Mm. But uh, when we uh, continue explaining and showing Jesus film within this uh, village, mm. they realize uh, that uh, this is, was uh, a good message. So when, when a new fellowship springs up, how long is it usually before they create another fellowship out of that and essentially plant themselves? Yeah, it takes some, like, four months. Uh, wow. For example, when a fellowship starts and people, uh, uh, we have a titus uh, who can really lead them in the Word of God mm. and they're able to read the Word of God and they're able to uh, worship the Lord, they're able to read the scripture, they're able to pray, mm. then that fellowship starts off and then they can join together and they continue uh, mm. fellowshipping as a, a, as that's a church. Part because, that's partly because you guys are training them from yeah. day one yeah. to look for somebody to pour into, exactly. to look for another pastor, essentially, yeah. to eventually launch off. Like, right. that's an expectation from the start. Yeah. So in, in two years' time, from a couple of the people that started these, these gatherings, and then began to disciple and replicated discipleship. This is just one group that we met with. Uh, it's called the training center, basically. There was 18 individuals. That 18 individuals represents about 2,800 people that in two years' time have not just been reached, have not just shown up to a gathering, like are actually being discipled, like trackable results, curriculum they're being taken through, responsibility on each member five times a day for, I believe it's three months, to share their faith with somebody different. Uh, like when you start adding up those numbers, not only are there 2,800 individuals that are represented right now in two years time from the 18, and, th and this is 18 people that are leading these churches that are like so many other groups of 18, 15, 20, all around the region that are doing this. So this is just one of these groups of leaders, the 2,800 people represented in their various fellowships and each of those people reaching out to other people. I think we, we crunched the numbers last night that it was somewhere in the ballpark of, I mean, it was like 100,000 people the mindset of the people thought that uh, uh, having a, a church planning was uh, just having structures, but not fellowships. 
But now when we learn that, when two or three are gathered together in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, the fellowship and prayer fellowship starts there and the church uh, is planted and people continue uh, spreading the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ in a super way. When you say church, most of the people think of the building. But when we, the term fellowship brings uh, that, uh, does the connotation of lovely meeting with the brothers and sisters in the Lord. So we like using the word fellowship because we do fellowship. Fellowship, you can meet even under the tree, you can meet wherever you are working on. You, it is not a must that you meet under a building or, or whatever specific place. You meet where you are convenient to meet. One thing that is important, we praise the Lord with his songs, with the new songs. We read the word of God together. We pray together and we uh, encourage one another. So when I met Philip, uh, I, I interviewed him, I talked with him, and I learned that he shared a touching story that after everything was done for him, he, wanted to, he, he ran away from uh, his home, uh, where he called home, and he came to this place thinking that he's running away from the family and the responsibility only to come and meet Christ through uh, evangelism, through the Timothy uh, called Stephen. Stephen loves people, and Stephen is so much instrumental in what God has done in Philip's life. I was so happy to realize that Philip was leading the church, uh, the fellowships, he has two fellowships, and he's doing a marvelous job sharing his testimony with many because God changed him. So I can honestly say with no exaggeration that meeting Philip in person this last year has honestly been 
one of my greatest privileges in life. When I had a chance to sit down with him and hear about the impact that Jesus has had in his life and the unbelievable transformation that Philip has undergone, the way that his marriage has changed, his relationship with his kids has changed, the way his entire community views him has changed because of the work of Jesus in his life. If that's all I would have heard, that would have still been one of my greatest privileges. And then he tells more to tell the story of how he felt compelled by Jesus to go back into his community and start a church for other people like him. And to see that church in just four months time explode has been an unbelievable thing to witness. To see the exponential community transformation that's taken place because one man said, yes, I'll be responsible to Jesus and responsive to how he says go is unbelievable. And that's what church planning does. It's one of the reasons I have committed my life to church planning, to see churches planted all around this world. And it's one of the reasons why I will unapologetically ask you to join with us in this effort. It's why I wanna ask you this year, with all the things that you're considering giving your money to at the end of the year, that you would consider a year-end Christmas gift to Kensington. One of the most powerful things that happens in the church is when we really do believe that God has given us a mission to go into all the world. And then we open up our hands with the resources he's given us and trust that with those resources, he could do more than we could ever do alone. We have the chance to reach Simons and Phillips and Andrews and Matthiases and all kinds of names that I've been able to meet recently that you'll never meet but names that are being impacted because of the work that we are saying yes to. And so I'm asking you, as we come to the end of this year, that you would seriously consider partnering with us to continue to see more churches planted, to see more Phillips reached, and to see more Phillips inspired, trained, developed, and launched back into their communities to see the exponential growth of the church occur when we say yes to Jesus as well. And now we're done. That is the end of the video. It's tricky, huh? It definitely is tricky. Um, but just watching that video today, I was just reminded of um, when I had an opportunity to go to Kenya two years ago. I'm also leading another team this uh, May. But it really is extraordinary what God is doing in that region of Kenya, in the western portion of it, amongst the Pokot people. And just there's so many initiatives that we are a part of there, whether it's clean water, um, the child sponsorship program that is ongoing and really thriving there, as well as church planting. And in regards to the church planters, one of the things that really was powerfully impacted me was just seeing who God is raising up because there are so many women who are part of this movement. Women who come and travel uh, hours every single week. And sometimes these women have one baby strapped to their front and one to the back and they're on the back of a motorcycle, but they come to receive this training and then they will go out to some of the most difficult portions of that region to communicate the message of Jesus. And it's because of your generosity that we have the privilege of coming underneath these leaders and being a part of what God is doing in that country.
And so when you walked in, all of us should have received one of these booklets. And if you have these, uh, one of these booklets, I wanna invite you just to take it out right now and just leaf through it. And for those of you who are watching via stream, you can access this by going to kensingtonchurch.org forward slash gift. And if you look in it, Kensington is one of our global partners that are in here. And over this coming week, I wanna invite you just to take a look at this booklet because it talks about so much of what we as a community are able to do, uh, have been able to do this past year, not only locally, but at the same time globally as well. And as Craig also mentioned in the video, something that we want to ask for you to consider is that if Kensington has had an impact on you or your family this past year, if you would consider, if you would pray about giving a year-end gift to Kensington. And what we desire for us as a community to be is that when God asks us to move, for us to simply say yes. And so however you believe that God is leading you to give whatever that looks like, that we would say yes to that. And if you would like to give, all this information is actually in this booklet. But if you would like to give, there are several ways that we can do so. We can give via the app, the website, through the offering boxes at every entrance or exit, or by texting the word Kensington Christmas to 77977 as well. But thank you for considering this. Thank you for praying about this. And so Nate, I know you have a great perspective on this and just even having a conversation. I love the way that you saw it and I even love the way that through this video that you saw this whole theme of joy. So I wanted to give it back to you to really be able to lead us through these next few moments. Thanks, Andrew. You know, yeah, my wife and I are so privileged and just feel so much joy being a part of your community, this community that so reaches out to the nations of the world. One of the fascinating things about living in Germany is the story of when the Berlin Wall came down. And when I, when I look at this video, I see the same thing that happens all over the world when, when Jesus comes into something. I see joy. Did you see joy in that film? Did you see the joy? And one of the fascinating things is sitting down with people who lived in Berlin when the wall was up and, and to hear their firsthand stories of when that wall came down because that wall was built between families for for. Decades, there was a wall that separated families. There was a wall that separated people from freedom. There was a wall that separated and brought sadness and sorrow. And to hear the firsthand accounts of when that wall came down, it was one big party. A place that had been a place of death, a place that had been a place of separation, a place that had been a place of deep sorrow in one moment turned around and it became a party. It became a place of joy. And that's what I see in that film, that video that we watched. And in one moment in that man Philip's life, it was a place of separation, a place of sorrow, a place of spiritual death. In one moment, turned around to a place of joy. And what made the difference was Jesus breaking in. What made the difference was Jesus Christ and his love breaking in. I wanna bring you back to Hebrews chapter 12, the, the verse that we ended with just a few moments ago, which said, for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. Can I tell you this morning, the joy of Jesus was Philip in that video. The joy of Jesus were the people, the many people that, that we've been able to see come to faith, even in this room, that's the joy of Jesus. Can I tell you, you, are the joy of Jesus. You were the reason that he endured the cross, that he scorned its shame, that he dealt with the suffering. It was you. This is what I wanna do right now. I, I mentioned this in the beginning, but maybe, maybe you need a restoration of joy today because maybe, maybe you have yet to really put your faith in Jesus. 
Maybe you've been around this thing for a long time. You've heard the stories. Maybe you've attended, even attended church, but you have really yet to put your faith in Jesus. I wanna encourage you today that if you wanna find real joy, if you wanna find real hope, you wanna feel, find real love, it is only in Jesus Christ because that's what he does. And he comes and he brings joy. Perhaps maybe you feel like you're far from him. You've allowed things in. We all do it at times in our, in our lives. We allow things to come in and, and we begin to feel like we're away from him and we're not with him. And maybe in this moment, maybe in this moment, you need a restoration of coming back to him. So in a few moments, I mean, we're just gonna pray together. And we're gonna ask the Lord to bring his joy in our lives, whether you've never believed or whether you're coming back to him. If that's you in this, in this place, I just, I'm just gonna encourage you to go ahead and reach out to him. So right now in this moment, this is what I'm gonna ask us to do. In this moment, if you know that's you, maybe you've never put your faith in him. Maybe you have never ever said, I, I wanna follow Jesus, or maybe in this time you really feel like you've walked away from him. In just a second, I'm gonna ask you just to raise your hand. I'm not gonna ask you to move, but sometimes it's helpful just to say, you know what, I'm away from God. I wanna be near to him. I wanna believe. So if that's you in this place, all across, across this place, if that's you, you know you're away from God, or you say, I wanna put my trust in him for the first time, or I'm coming back to him, all over this place, just go ahead and raise your hand if that's you. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, all over this place. You wanna join and just say that? I, want, I need to put my faith and my trust and my hope in Jesus. Go ahead and just lift your hand. So many, so many, so many, so many. Because of this response, I just feel like we need to pray this prayer together. All of us in this room, it's, there's nothing magical in the prayer, but it's just a declaration of faith or a declaration of coming back to faith. So this is what I'm gonna ask us to do in this moment, right now, out loud, where you're at, all of us in this place, let's join those that raised their hands, all of you that raised your hands, all of you that didn't. We're gonna pray this prayer together. It's just a simple prayer, out loud. Let's say, dear Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God, that you are the bringer of joy, Thank you for your work on the cross. Because of that work on the cross, I receive forgiveness right now. Forgive me of my sin. Will you come and bring your joy, your salvation into my life? I acknowledge that you are king and that you are Lord. And that's what I want you to be in my life. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. In your precious name, I pray. Amen, 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 amen. You know what, scripture says that whenever somebody says, I want it, Jesus, that there is a celebration in heaven. It says that the angels have a party. Let's get on our feet right now and celebrate the joy of the Lord together. We're gonna sing this song together. It's a familiar Christmas song, but let's sing it not just as a song, but let's sing it as a declaration of joy because today heaven has invaded people's lives. Today the joy of the Lord has broken into our hearts. So let's celebrate together.
You guys can stay standing because we're not quite done yet. I do wanna say this. So many of us responded saying, I either need to follow Jesus for the first time, you know what, I'm putting my faith in him, or maybe the first time in a long time. So many of us in this room, so this is what I wanna ask of you. If you lifted your hand, either saying, I wanna put my faith and trust in Jesus, or it's been a while and you're coming back to him, you need that joy of your salvation restored. I wanna ask you not to leave this place without, without praying with one of our prayer team. They're actually coming now. They're gonna be right here across the front. I wanna encourage us as we end today, go ahead and make your way to one of them. Tell them, I prayed that prayer. Let them pray with you. Let them speak life into you. They would be delighted to do that. So the last thing we're gonna do is what we've been doing throughout this whole series, and we're gonna sing one more time a short song. We're gonna sing, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And this time we're gonna sing verse two, which it invites Jesus to take away the sadness in our lives. Because I know that this season can have both joy and sadness. There might be an empty table, an empty seat at the table this year. I know that's true for my extended family. So we wanna invite Jesus even into that, even into that sorrow. So let's sing this together. Oh, come thou day spring, come and cheer. Our spirits by thine Disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to flight. Rejoice. Kensington Church, I bless you today to know that the joy of the Lord has come, has come now, and is coming in the future. Well, God bless you guys. If you need prayer, please make your way to the front and our prayer team is ready. God bless you. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Kensington Church Podcast. If you've enjoyed this recording, check back weekly for new content. You can find Kensington on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and of course, at kensingtonchurch.org.